Hey guys, welcome to Debrief. This is our episode, uh, The Metaverse. We haven't actually come up with a title yet, David, for this episode. Building meaning into the metaverse, the emergent mm -hmm. metaverse, something like this. One of the two uh, things, yeah. One of the two things. Emergent meaning to. in the metaverse. <laughs> it's all actually, about actually, meaning that might in be the it. metaverse. <laughs> emergent meaning in the, that's it. We emergent the meaning in the metaverse, love it. <laughs> uh, episode with Richard and uh, Sam from Galaxy Interactive. Mm -hmm. um, really cool conversation with those guys um i like that they've been in the space for for so long too so they're not mm. new and they're, they're not just jumping on the the latest trend so that was helpful to me but uh yeah what were some of your your thoughts coming to this episode i mean one of the, one of the themes seems to be like we have like because this thing is emergent that also means it's very difficult to predict uh mm -hmm. how this will look and maybe you can somewhat see in kind of a like the, the short run, maybe you can somewhat discern if you squint really hard what this is going to look like in a year or so. But beyond that, it gets cloudy mm -hmm. and difficult to figure out how this thing's going to evolve and what it's going to turn into. That was one of my takeaways. What did you think? Yeah, my, my biggest reflection is, is that um, if we extrapolate into what we think the metaverse will be 50 plus years from now, I think there are some reasonable conclusions that we can come to that aren't really all that specific, but are some general themes. And what those things are, are in very stark contrast to what we uh, see being built today right now, especially in the in the froth of a bull market, like the short termerism of metaverse play to earn games can't really be the thing that the metaverse looks like in 50 years. Um, like we are so a lot of the projects that have adapted to the current needs of the time have therefore adapted away from like with the long-term version of the metaverse. And that's why I particularly enjoyed Sam and, um, uh, Sam and uh, Richard's perspective on the future of the metaverse because they were metaverse investors before the metaverse word came and clouded everything up, right? Like before there was hype around the metaverse, they were investing in this in virtual worlds, they called it. Uh, and I, I appreciated their focus on things like meaning and purpose and not escapism, but enablement. Um, because I, I think there are some conclusions about the metaverse that we can con conclude now that the metaverse must have in order to exist. And meaning has got to be one of those things. Like people aren't going to just go into the metaverse to you know do labor if there isn't meaning involved. Like people want to spin up metaverse lives, like uh, the alternative reality lives. And you can't just have fun and dopamine and escapism there. You need to also have loss and purpose and tragedy. consequences and tragedy and, and risk and drama. And David that... died of dysentery in the metaverse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry for your pain, man. Totally. And like that, and you can't, you can't optimize for meaning. You can't just like, spin up a startup saying like, hey, we're going to build meaning in the metaverse. That's the emergent part. Like uh, the, if you build what they are calling sandboxes, you allow for humans to create their own meaning. So you can't say like, hey, you're going to get meaning by playing these Axie Infinity games and making these Axie Infinities. Like that's not meaning. The me humans have to create their own meaning. And in the metaverse, the way that we do that is by building sandboxes, not cathedrals. So don't you think in order for humans to create meaning, there has to be value things where things really don't have a cost if they're, if they're all right-click safe, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's the invention of scarcity that kind of implies loss or value or uniqueness, right? It's like, I, I know there are some schools of thought, like I'm not deep into philosophy, David, but like um, 
the thing that gives human life meaning is that it's also scarce, right? Mm -hmm. And if we were eternal beings that lived forever, uh, we would lose some meaning. Oh yeah, we lose all of it, right? It's it's no longer a you know a year is no longer a precious thing, uh, mm -hmm. and like what does that actually mean? Like some unit right. of time, and so from a I guess philosophical perspective, you must wonder if the invention of digital scarcity is uh, key to creating meaning in this mm -hmm. digital world. Because I kind of go back to back to definitions of the metaverse. When did the metaverse begin? All right, and there's like three maybe milestones in my mind of of where it began. Like you could say, the internet is the metaverse. And so when the internet began, that's when the metaverse kind of you know started. And basically you and I are talking, we're in the metaverse right now mm -hmm. and our lives are increasingly digital. We're on screens, we're on a phone. That's the metaverse, right? It's this digital experience of, of humanity and its exodus into you from physical and analog to digital, okay? So start of the internet. Another milestone though is a uh, launch of Bitcoin because this was the invention of digital property essentially, the invention of scarcity. So we had this internet, this computer, this metaverse, but it was hollow because there was no digital scarcity. And so maybe it really wasn't a metaverse before the invention of crypto and digital scarcity. Maybe it's digital scarcity that gives the internet meaning and makes it become the metaverse. And then there's like the third maybe milestone, which is, no, it's, it's actually super immersive experiences that bring about the metaverse. And that's maybe like the closest to Mark Zuckerberg's vision, where the metaverse is actually this like uh, Oculus headset that you put on and like it's being in this virtual world uh, and, you know, it's um, separating from your physical and it's, it's, it's a much more immersive experience and that is what the metaverse is. What's your opinion of like those three milestones? When do you think the metaverse started? Yeah, it's, it's got to be a combination of all of these things, right? And I, I, I upon further reflection, I think it was um, Sam that said this, that the metaverse is the thing that is the plane of reality that exists where people are like, wait, which, which version of reality are we talking about? And the reason why that's a good definition is because that means that there are so many different technologies that have cohered together to produce uh, and a, a metaverse. And so it's not just, it's not just the internet. The inter internet is one component. It's perhaps the platform. It's not just crypto and Bitcoin. That's not, that's just one component. That's like the value layer. It's not just VR. That's just the immersive layer, which is connected to the value layer, which is connected on top of the internet. And so like we're stacking on all these different technologies on top of each other. And each one is adding its own like immersiveness, its own plane of reality into the metaverse. And when we did our metaverse podcast, the metaverse emerges or defining the metaverse, uh, we talked about how the metaverse isn't going to be this one like top down monolithic ecosystem. It's going to be built piecemeal from the bottom up. And so as different technologies become ready for the metaverse, we just plug them into the other technologies that are also ready for the metaverse. Like the internet, it's ready for the metaverse. Like we've got that one. That's why we're in the metaverse right now but you're on my computer screen, not in on my VR headset. So we're not there yet there. We do have crypto, but not, but most of the internet doesn't have crypto. So different aspects of the metaverse are kind of moving towards some like, so, like singularity where they all get integrated together. And that's what Sam was talking about with like, wait, which 
version of reality are we talking about? Uh, you know, as we're talking about it, that does feel like the tightest definition where mm -hmm. all of these, you know, three milestones kind of converge, which is it's really about reality simulation. Mm -hmm. It's really about like this definition of reality. I So I, I remember um, uh, playing Diablo 2, all right? It's like, and um, there were two modes of like playing Diablo 2 for people who aren't familiar. It's like this dungeon, you know, mm -hmm. crawler uh, RPG, right? It's one of all the right. first like, massive multiplayer rpgs i ever played and like the the first mode is regular diablo where you're leveling up your character you spend hours you get these items you get status whatever you're you, level you die a few times lock yeah you die it's through the course of every single uh you know level you're on you're, right. you're dying you're getting killed by enemies you just respawn whatever right. Right. and then there's diablo that you can play on hardcore mode right okay and hardcore mode meant that when you die you're dead. You, like, you, no respawning. Character is deleted. Mm -hmm. No respawning. You lose all your items. You lose everything. So picture this. Like you're a kid who's just spent 40 hours leveling up your necromancer or whatever. And then you die. Mm -hmm. Like just some boss gets the better of you. You die. You are dead. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I remember the difference between playing Diablo in like regular mode versus hardcore mode. For whatever reason, hard hardcore mode felt more real. What felt way more fun, right? Way more th real. Way, way more, more thrilling. Fun, way all way the emotions. Thrilling. It had more meaning. Didn't it had it? more meaning. Yeah. Like it was just like, oh my god, like this really counts. Every I'm going to think about every single action I take mm -hmm. because it might because I can't respawn. It might be my last. Right. It felt more like real life. Okay, right. and maybe that's where the this this internet thing becomes the metaverse when it becomes more like real life okay and like digital scarcity as we saw like is a fundamental component of real life like there are no respawns in real life there's like you know the blocks proceed in time one by one you can't go back in time like you can't respawn and so and items like are scarce in the real world so i feel like the internet needed this digital scarcity component to feel more real and it probably needs some better mediums as well so this feels real enough doing zoom but it would feel way more real if you and i were in some like virtual environment it felt like you and i were in the same room together but it's all converging into the same singularity which is what is the, the metaverse it is real life mm -hmm. digital that's what the right. metaverse is. And th th this is a little bit of a rabbit hole, but um, things, l loss is important to establish meaning because you can't have meaning without loss, right? There has to be risk. You have to have opportunity costs. Your choices in the world have to have consequences. And I think one thing that's going on with this whole fiat money paradigm and, and money printer go burr paradigm is that like, the federal people of the Federal <laughs> yes. Reserve have decided that no, we can actually not have loss. We can just print our way out of loss. And like yeah. FD, FDIC insurance, yeah. like where there's like if your bank goes kaput, th there's no loss. We'll just print it out of thin air and it'll be replaced. And so like that, yeah. I, I think fiat rich, money. If you're rich, you get ultimate like unlimited respawns, right? Right, it's unlimited like, respawns like if you're rich. Yeah. Get it. yeah, yeah, and so like. I think there's a connection there behind like the ability to pr freely print money to prevent loss and a lot of people suffering uh, from a lack of meaning in the world. Like our <laughs> money has no meaning anymore. Like we, it doesn't yeah. matter if we lose it, we can just make more of it. Uh, okay. And so like while digital scarcity comes along 
and like self self custody and being your own bank so much more responsibility so much more meaning comes out of that because now for the first time we have real money we have real money that can't respawn uh, and there are real consequences to that so hard money instills meaning back into the world it kind of does like existentially and, and philosophically too like do you remember when at what point in time did you first realize that money was fake money was a scam money was a social contract i'm using some harsh words like scam and right. that sort of thing but like i just when i as i was growing up i thought money was this fixed thing right I, or, or i didn't really think about it yeah. at all and uh for me the crypto journey you know part of taking the the red pill is about like understanding that oh my god money is just you know, a social contract. It's just numbers that a very small group of people can kind of manipulate the supply on, uh, in, and it, and it all starts to seem like, it starts to seem like a scam. Like it's not real. And like you kind of bust out of that. But I feel like people who aren't in crypto still operate under the framework of, right. yeah, money, of course, money is scarce if you like, or they just don't really think about money. Um, when were you like, at what point in time did you, bust out of that and start to realize that money is just this social game that that we're all playing i think i might have gone in the opposite direction actually um uh before i was an adult i was wearing cccp shirts to middle school and shake of our shirts uh so I, I was that kid and i was always like money like capitalism money's evil, money's evil. it's yeah. it's these fake point systems capitalism's terrible like let's take all the money that we're putting to wall street and put it into social services because that's what's where the real goodness is and because we aren't doing that we know that money's fake because the values human values are not aligned with market value uh, and and it's actually through learning crypto that I learned about how real money is. So it's actually the opposite. So like learning money and finance in crypto told me it's like, oh no, you can't just like have a jubilee and erase the ledgers and re reappoint points in a different fashion, because then society crumbles. And so and that actually made money very very real to me, uh, saying like, no, you, we can't just take money from Wall Street and put it into social services. Things will break. And so notice realizing that there are consequences to that is like, oh, money is actually real. These points actually matter. And then getting into crypto is like, well, the points do matter, but what the points are doesn't matter because that's stories that we tell ourselves. So we can go from dollar points to ether points and these are better points. And so it's always a matter of just like, okay, it's fake in some way, but real in another way. And yeah, that's kind of been my journey a little bit. Yeah, it's it's so wild to go on that journey, but I, I do think that is the kind of the gateway to the to, to the metaverse, and that's mm -hmm. why I think crypto is uh, an essential part of the story of the metaverse. No matter what Microsoft, Activision, Blizzard, their acquisition, or Facebook, like how they try to co-opt it, um, you know, digital scarcity uh, and property rights, strong property rights, are going to be part of this story forever. Um, what do you think about the, the gaming side of things? So I guess, I guess we went off on a tangent about, you know, the meaning of the metaverse, but, mm -hmm. uh, they, they had some interesting insights with respect to, you know, gaming, crypto gaming writ large and, and how that's going to evolve. I think they were, they seem mm -hmm. pretty bearish on the current Axie infinity type clones of the world, right. which always makes me like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's the next, what's the next big thing in crypto gaming when we had uh, amy wu on she was talking about like more casual crypto gaming type apps like mobile 
is where she pointed. Um, Ariana Simpson seemed to think it was going to come from maybe some big game publishers getting the space, right? Uh, the you know the epics of the world, for instance. Um, but I'm not sure that the next generation of games will look like I, I I'm pretty sure it will surprise everyone. And I don't know where do you think it's going to come from. Do you have any ideas on this? Yeah, they um, Galaxy Interactive has a, that massive massive emphasis on games. Uh, they think the metaverse comes through games, and uh, I think we can approach the word or definition of games more expansively than just like you know diablo or axie infinity um uh once upon a time we wrote on bankless this article called ethereum the money game landscape uh and uh pat ourselves on the back because that was a perfect prediction of yield farming because the the idea was all these different ethereum applications are in this massive game theory battle of how much how many points can they get on their balance sheet right how many how much ether can they lock up in their contracts and you can even go and, and expand the definition of what a game is even more than that, where like, you know, you wake up in the morning and you have to, you have decisions to make. You have like a, you have a tree of, of, of decision trees of, uh, you, of your own RPG of your life. And you wake up out of bed and like, all right, do I brush my teeth or do I go to breakfast? Uh, do I, you know, open up Twitter or do I open up Instagram? Do I take, uh, do I do work or do I do play? These are all like decisions in the game of life that you must play. Uh, and so five to health, you know, right, exactly. Negative, yeah. You know, yeah. And so like if you approach your own life as like an RPG, well then it makes a lot more sense that, um, Sam and Richard are, are approaching the metaverse via gaming because you know, that's, we, maybe they're just not, they're, they're just using a more expansive version of the word game. And they think that gaming is actually going to expand itself into becoming more about real life and simultaneously, real life is going to become more gamified. Like DeFi, NFTs are just gamified life. And I think games are going to become more real and real life is going to become more gamed. Uh, and so, yeah, perhaps the approach, the path to the metaverse is through gaming just because of how fun gaming is. And everyone likes games. All, hu all humans love games. Like there's a game for everyone. Uh, and so maybe that's why they have this such strong emphasis on like getting to the metaverse via gaming. And it's just by kind of opening up what it means to play a game or to be a game or to design a game. I think it's interesting to look at it from both sides, right? So like earlier we were talking about, you know, maybe the metaverse and gaming becoming more like real life. But uh, to the point you just made, it's also true that real life is becoming more like a game. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think of what, uh, what we do in crypto now and like what I do, and it's just so weird. It's so strange. <laughs> uh, if you had told me like a decade ago or like as, as a kid that I would be, I don't know, spending my days talking to people on screens over the internet, recording never things met. to street, like yeah. I've never met, right, and collecting coins. Uh, <laughs> I'd be like, like what? What do you act? Yeah, but how are you? Is this real life, or are you right. talking about like a game? Which and, which reality are you talking about? Right. And so real life is becoming, feels like it's, you know, modern life is becoming much more like a game too. And even think about some of the, um, the very successful crypto native investors, right? Um, and they're playing this thing like a game too. You know, like the Tetranodes of the world, uh, for instance. Um, just, it's this process of learning and self in like discovery and you're just like questing around uh, DeFi. And I don't know that that's um, 
that's very strange as well uh you know to see that but i i don't i don't know if you if you felt that but like um yeah it, real life it, is just so much of a like it's so much like a game these days it, it does help actually kind of set and reflect um i think a, a lot of people kind of mindlessly progress through the game of life without like conscious thought and so like kind of approaching life as a game where you wake up in the morning all right all right do i want like plus five to health by eating appropriate food or do I want to have like plus three to social life by calling a friend or, or like how do I want to plus up my life um, and, and I think perhaps like putting reality into the metaverse might make people a little bit more conscious about the decisions they make are there some downsides to all of this I'm sure <laughs> and well how's your short-term memory Ryan <laughs> exactly I, I just outsource my short-term memory right, right it's like uh -huh. you know G Google and my phone and everything else uh -huh. um, yeah, I I saw an onion an onion post about Web three uh, not too long ago, and you know one of, one of the things it was like a hypothetical asking questions of somebody in Web three with these like uh, farcical answers, and um, one of the one of the questions was like, are there any downsides to Web three? And like the the answer was, uh, we'll find out that all of this was a terrible idea in about ten years, and like you know <laughs> see all the ways it went wrong. And there's there's definitely an element to that. Like I remember, like I, you know, I'm old enough to remember when Mark Zuckerberg was the hero, because he was the person connecting mm -hmm. all of these different communities and bringing the world together. And this the young this millennial helping other millennials connect. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and what a hero! You know, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, we can have this social life in in the digital world, world in the metaverse. And how poorly did that go? Twenty years later, now that we look back on that. And so, I don't know. There's lots of ways this thing could get messed up and screw up and fail society. And um, I think we have to be conscious of that too. Uh, one of the ways, as we pointed out, this seems super obvious to me, is if the entire base layer, the foundation layer, becomes centralized. And there, there is no such thing as uh, you know, property rights that are publicly available to every citizen of the metaverse, right? It's just, it's all owned by a few different companies or, or nation states. Um, I don't know if you saw that this week, but the blockchain network, I've heard it's called BSN or something, in China uh, is rolling out NFTs as a feature. And I'm just like, wow, very exciting. You know, it's like, um, you think the flow blockchain is bad in their censorship and disrespect of property rights imagine if the metaverse is based on nation state technology of an authoritarian regime who can where someone has property god mode. rights to if somebody has god mode they have root access to all of your property and then we have the fusion of real life and um you know, the metaverse together. And so they're one and the same. And then like, you've just given God mode access to an authoritarian regime over every element of, of real life. Mm -hmm. Like that's definitely a terrifying future. And one, quite frankly, we might be headed towards. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know what you think. What are, you, what are your thoughts on all of this? I, I think that's a version of the future where like, yo, we actually didn't build that thing correctly. Therefore we effed up. 
Um, but there's also like plenty of like negative drawbacks, even if we do appropriately design the metaverse in the exact right way. So it's a perfect utopia. I think like a, a negative consequence of that might be like we start to value our digital bits more than our physical atoms. Hmm. And like we forget to solve things like hunger and poverty because is this like the the Wally kind of um, sure you ever yeah. see that movie where yeah. they're all like mm -hmm. they're in space and they're just you know kind of yeah they have a complete into... totally the complete abundance and like everyone who has wealth and money lives in the metaverse while everyone else is like scrounging around for scraps because in the real world because yeah because and there's no resources out in the real world because we took all the resources into the metaverse right. and so like if you didn't make it into the metaverse if you didn't cross that chasm like you're kind of left behind like i feel like that could be a reality for sure and maybe that's already happened and we are actually the products we are the simulation right. of that <laughs> civilization uh yeah. yeah anyway lots to unpack but uh anything else you want to leave us with here no i think i think that's good that's a great episode Cool. Guys, thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate that you are a premium subscriber member. This has been The Debrief.